What's in your diary? What's in your diary? What's in your diary? What's in your diary? Welcome back. I just want to welcome y'all back to another season to all our new followers, all our new listeners, all of our new journalers, healers, everybody out there. I just want to say Thank you so, so much for just continuing to support us on our off season, like our little break that we took. Thank you so much. I just want to let y'all know a few of the updates before we hop into this episode. So we got a few new things going on. The first one, if you are not subscribed to our daily journals, I want to let y'all know we're doing a challenge in August. A 30-day challenge. So subscribe today. You probably missed a few days. It's okay. You can still subscribe. It's still the beginning of August. We are letting go, letting go of control, letting go of just all the things that drive us, letting go of like this idea that we have to always be in control and that God, he can never control what we have. We're just letting it go. We're giving it up. We're first, we're figuring out where it came from in us so that we can just bury that thing and just ultimately allow God to have full control in our lives. So that's the first thing. So subscribe to our journals, go to our website. It's right up there. You can go ahead and subscribe. Super easy and it's free. Next, we have live recording. So all the podcast episodes are recording live. So you can see me and the guests and whoever else is on at the time. You can see all of us interacting. You can put a face to the voice, to the name and all that good stuff. So if you want to see the live videos, go ahead and subscribe to our Patreon. Actually, if you go on our Instagram page, you can find all of this there. You can find our Patreon. You can find all the platforms we're listed on. We'll also be uploading some cool snippets from the live on YouTube just to get some more content out there. But yes, if you want to see the full episode recorded live, make make sure you are subscribed to our Patreon that you can find in our Instagram bio. That's the second one. So the third update is our online store has launched. Now, y'all, we don't have a bunch of merch in there yet, but this month I will be launching more and I'm definitely going to keep y'all up to date. So remember to make sure you're following us on Instagram because I've been posting all the updates on there. So that's the third one. And last but not least, I just want to let y'all know my garden is gone. My last two plants that I had, my sweet potato and my sunflower, they've died. I have another plant out there that they've just been killing all my plants off. So yeah, I might try again next year. I'm going to pray on it and let y'all know. But so let's get into this first episode on passion, adulthood, womanhood, and all things 
life. I hope y'all enjoy. So for today's episode, we have a guest, a special guest, and I actually talked about her a little bit last season. Deborah Anthony, one of my childhood mentors. Welcome Ooh. to It's Not Your Diary podcast. I'm excited to be here. We are so lucky to have you. So last season, I actually talked about Deborah's book, if y'all don't remember. It is called Beyond the Limits, a journey to true passion. So if you didn't get this book, I really recommend y'all get that because I'm going to be tying in a few things to today's episode. But before we get started, Deborah, we're going to start off with a little um, segment, a little icebreaker for our guests who don't know you. We have our happy thought segments when we share just something that's making us happy right now. So what's making you happy right now in this season? I would have to say um, what's it's anticipation of the what's next, what's coming. A lot of people have been more in fear and worried, and I've been on the edge of my seat of more of excitement because I just believe that whenever the world is crazy, then God is doing something really awesome. So, like, I'm in a happy place of, okay, and just in a season of innovation, like, there's so many things people are, I am a branding strategist, so people are having to reinvent themselves. So, like, this is my perfect world. Like, mm. hey, let's go. What do you want to do? And so I'm really excited about um, just what's next and the opportunities that are presenting themselves. I love that. I feel like, honestly, I'm kind of in the same place. So just share with us a little more just about your journey, about just womanhood and becoming a parent, parenthood, and all the things of just like growing up and just becoming an adult? Well, I um, am currently a wife of John Anthony for 20 years. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have six kids, which I can't say that when I woke up and and when we got married that we were going to have six kids. Mm -hmm. And we were joking the other day. He was like, "Uh, did you know, somebody asked, did you know you were going to have six kids? Did you plan that? I said, he told me that when we met and I was like, never in a million years would I have six kids. And honestly, life takes you on a journey of unexpected adventures. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, uh, my oldest is about to graduate. uh, When she graduated from high school and on her way to college. And I have all the way to three years old. So I have every stage of life happening in my house at one time. And I have, my son is a 17, my daughter's 14, and my seven-year-old and my three-year-old twins. And I always tell everybody the story about the twins because honestly, my tubes were tied and I was completely done. And they were my 40th birthday present that I was unexpectedly expecting. And so, but I have to tell you, um, so we plan our lives of what we envision of this is what I want to do. This is where I want to go. And for me, I'm very driven. I was very a goal oriented individual. So when I finished college, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have only three kids. I'm going to get my master's. I'm going to get my doctorate. So mm-hmm. we create, um, we kind of go into life. I have to say, with a plan, but there's uh, a, we can plan our ways, but um, God kind of ultimately has the final say on what we think we're planning uh, to do. So um, I have to say it's been quite the journey and I call me and my husband's life an adventure because it is nothing has been normal. Mm -hmm. Nothing 
has been the same or nothing has gone as planned. So um, for that, I just say, enjoy the journey. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) So uh, another question I was really interested in getting to know is like, how do you feel like the journey that you've been on has really shaped you into the woman that you are today with all the trials and everything? Um, I'll have to say um, there's a scripture that I learned during my trials um, and I kind of don't remember where it's found, but David said it was good that I suffered because I understand the law. And he's just basically saying there's some things that I learned. There's some things that I just, because of the things I went through. Mm -hmm. And honestly, um, I have to say my um, adolescence was not ideal. My parents had got a divorce. And so I rebelled, and uh, uh, which I was birth chosen daughters from my rebellious stage of life that I wanted to make sure young ladies felt like they didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Even though I look back and a lot of them rebelled anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's moments like these that say, yes, it was worth it. Um, but I have to tell you, um, a lot of that, pain and suffering, um, being so young, going through a lot of trials, they really, now that I look back, really helped develop strengths and characters. You know, if anybody that works out, it's that muscle building when you're in that muscle, trying to build muscles that you don't know you had. It's not until they're tested that you realize, oh my gosh, I didn't think I had the ability to endure the things that I've gone through. But I have to say they've shaped me and built strong character. And one thing I say is a lot of things people lack right now is character and integrity, you know, within themselves. Like they uh, kind of uh, what we would call shady character, where it's like, ah, you know, they don't really, they kind of lie off the cuff they you know you're not really sure if they're trustworthy and so those are things that through suffering that you learn what are what's important to you what really matters to you Mm. um, what you really value you know money will come and go and if I could encourage any young person it's like money you'll have it and then you won't have it but there's some solid foundational pillars that you need to have whether you have it or you don't have it that will keep you through your entire life Absolutely. I love that. And I also like that you brought up chosen daughters because that's something that I kind of mentioned on here before. So I do want to just touch on that really quickly because that was like a pivotal moment in my life where I feel like I really was able to grow my relationship with God. And it's like, it was a foundation, like a really good foundation for me, always allowing me to turn back to him. And I want to just touch on the just a little bit on how you were so passionate about Chosen Daughters and just a little bit. And it's also in the book. So if y'all need to get the book, it'll really outline like everything. But just how you were so passionate about Chosen Daughters and a little bit of like where it took you. So um, honestly, I was at that time I was in search of what is it I was called to do? What is it I was born to do? Like we all have been gifted to do something. Mm-hmm. And at that time I knew um, I had a lot of nieces 
that I was starting to see go down some of the pitfalls that I was found, found myself in. And I was like, I just have to do something. I have to do something. And so my passion was driven not only about not seeing people. And one of my personality traits is I don't like to see people do the same thing I did. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing the same thing, I'm going to try to say, hey, you don't have to do it. I did it already. Let me give you the the previews. Let me tell you how this turns out. And so my passion behind it really was driven by me not wanting to see people in pain, as much pain as I had experienced, especially with going through um, my parents getting a divorce and just the neglect that happens to children. Most most people don't realize how much, and I'm, I'm a really advocate for children that suffer from the decisions of grown people. Like I have a real big issue. Like you start messing with kids, I get angry because I feel like that those are the people that we forget when we're going through that are really being impacted. Like grown grown people will figure it out, but they have no choice. And so I really wanted to provide a safe place for young ladies to be able to, to grow, stretch, find their purpose at a younger age and, and hopefully that having that holding on to that purpose will cause them to even they will go through trials. They'll remember that they have a God given purpose. Mm. Yeah. And I love that. And I also don't know if you knew this, but you were actually one of the people who told me and this is why I had to have you on because you told us to journal. I remember you always used to tell us to journal back in the day. And I I have my journals. And I still have them somewhere at my mom's house. So just walk us through like when you started journaling, because in the book, there were like your journal entries from years ago. And I was like, oh, my God, like this is God. Like I bought this book. I didn't really know what to expect, but I'm like, God told me to buy it. I'm getting it. And now I know why, because like he just connected all the dots. So, yeah, walk us through your journey of journaling and how it's helped you get to this point? Well, I've been journaling since I was eight years old and I would write to God and then I would tell him because uh, it was a lot of us. It was eight of us. So someone listening to me was not real of of an option Mm -hmm. of just a lot of us. I mean, big families, that's what you get. But I learned to really pour myself into a journal of how I really felt. And it it grew into me really telling God off. Like I was telling him like he like he couldn't handle me telling him off. But I literally was just like telling him how I felt about things and I was just being so honest. And as I grew older, he started talking back to me and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. I wasn't expecting a response. I just thought I was sharing how things made me feel. Mm-hmm. And honestly. Um, what I appreciate about the journaling process, which I do still to this day encourage everybody to do it because it helps you reflect to see your growth and what you were thinking in the stages of life you were thinking and what was really, and it's my place of safety of honest moment. And honestly, I have 30 more in the basement that I said, I told my kids and they think I'm dramatic. I said, if I don't live to publish all my journals, make sure y'all do that. And they think I'm so dramatic. Um, But I literally say that because I mean it, because I believe that um, you can learn lessons from anybody. And, um, And that journaling piece will help you just 
um, see your growth, see your progression, see what you were really thinking. Um, honestly, because I coach authors, mm-hmm. people are trying to fix, finish their books and I coach them. Um, it's really interesting when I work with someone, they're trying to write a book and they pull out those old journals mm-hmm. and they have half of their books already written. It just needs to be kind of tweaked for public consumption. Mm-hmm. So it's a really cool um cool adventure to take people on when they're if you'll journal your life it's a everybody has a story they can tell and share yeah and your kids are going to benefit so much from all those journals and that's the like in the future because mm-hmm. the only one that reads them is my seven-year-old who's not really she's so excited she passes them out to her teachers my books my other kids i thought the She's the only one that really is going to uh, have my wealth when I, <laughs> I was like, because she's actually the one that gets excited about me writing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cute. And so there was a part in the book, this sentence really stood out for me. I was highlighting like all the way through. I'm like, okay, that's okay. That's good. Okay. So I got this one. Many times we miss our humility lesson. And we end up having to experience the lesson again and again until we get the revelation needed to bring us to our next place in life. So with that being said, can you tell us about like a really huge mistake you made? And has that taught you a lot through this process? Um, So Beyond the Limits, I wrote that book very clearly about me failing. Mm-hmm. And it was me getting fired from my $100,000 job mm-hmm. that I got fired. No one really knew that, but it was because of Chosen Daughters. <laughs> so here I'm helping people, changing people's lives, riding a high of a lifetime. But there was this piece of, um, I'll never forget it, sitting across from my boss and he hands me the papers to tell me I was fired. And that broke me. That was like my moment of clarity of, oh, this is real. Like, y'all don't want me no more. Like, we're done. And that, I mean, it was humiliating because I was at the pinnacle of my career and um, I was halfway in. So I was 13 years, 12, 13 years into my career where I was, you know, set to be promoted and promoted. And basically I sabotaged my own future with lack of vision. And I talk about being blind. I could not see, I didn't see it coming. But sometimes your passion, if it's not rooted properly, can cause you to be blind to not see things that you would normally see. And so I have to say that was kind of the breaking point of, oh, wow, I got to do some things differently and not just do differently in one area. Because sometimes we're so blind, it's impacting every area, but we only see what we want to see. We only want to see the things that we like. And so honestly, that was kind of that a defining moment in my journey of you got to do something different. And I didn't know what different was. I just knew my life had to change. Mm. Wow. I can, uh, I just can totally relate. Oh my goodness. So is there a time in your life where you feel like you just had no idea what you were doing? Like after you lost your job and then like that whole time of just figuring out, okay, what's next? Well, initially, and that's probably innate in all of us, we try to keep it moving. Mm -hmm. And the breaking part was when I applied for jobs and you have to check that box. 
that as were you fired or can we catch your previous employer? Because I kept, I, I, you know how you, out of hurt, you try to get up, pick yourself up and keep going. I'm going to keep going. And honestly, um, I didn't want to live in that moment. So I was trying to get to my next moment. And many times there's those defining moments where we need to slow down and just let that set in. And we don't, we move to the next one. And hurting people hurt people, period. That's just, and when you are hurting, you will injure other people along the way. And so I realized very uh, quickly after probably six months, I had to just slow down and say, okay, there's something I'm missing and there's something I have to do differently. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, it was kind of, I didn't get my humility moment till probably six months later when I kept getting rejected that I had to wake up that this part of my chapter of my life was over and it was time for a new chapter. And many times we're trying to ride old accomplishments and old successes and God's trying to kill us in one area and allow something to die for something new to be birthed. And, you know, one of my favorite scriptures is unless a seed fall in the ground and die, it cannot bear fruit. And so sometimes we have to allow the seed to die. What we thought was our dream, our dream has to die so something else can be be birthed, can be lit, can live. Mm. That's exactly what happened to me. Like in my job, I just got laid off and this is what I want to do. Like since I was in fifth grade, I always wanted to be a fashion designer. God was like, nope. Uh, and then I prayed because a new job came one week later. I could have had a new job. And I prayed. He said, nope. I said, okay, well, I'm going to have to turn that down, making the same amount of money. And I was like, okay, well, if this is what you want, you know, following his plan is definitely like the only way. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's a huge learning lesson that we all could really learn. And then another part in the book that I loved because when I was reading this I was like this is me like I'm reading like a reflection of like my thoughts and everything and you wrote I developed a heart that resisted following the rules to the letter because I wanted what I wanted at the moment and if I had to cut corners to get it I would throw my value system out the window do you remember ever cheating on a spelling test or math test? And I was just like, wow. Like, <laughs> so how did you overcome the need to control your life and how hard was it? Because I feel like that was just like control. You wanted to have it. Well, and there's two things. There is biblical self-control and there is I'm going to control. Mm-hmm. And so we, sometimes we think of that word control is, is such a bad word or you're controlling or you're, but there's self-control. And then there is, I want to control, meaning I'm going to knock God out the way and anybody else that gets in my way to get what I want. And therein lies the problem. Most of us um, have a tendency to, I, I call it what's driving you, that self-driver. What is driving you? Is it a pure place driving you or is it a place of, I'm trying to prove a point to people or I'm trying to make a name for myself or I'm what that driver is that thing that wakes you up in the morning Mm -hmm. and makes you have to have whatever it is you think you are supposed to have. And I have to tell you the point in which I realized that this thing was tainted was not just getting fired is when I started going to, um, you know, trying to make money in other areas. And I found myself being angry all over again Mm -hmm. with, a new employer, like with someone else. 
Oh, wow. And they didn't have anything to do with my original injury, but it was just the fact that those drivers and that passion will cause you to sometimes knock people out the way, hurt people, hurt people that are near and dear to you. And you love them, but you can't see them because you only see what is in front of you. And that's that perverted, and I call it perverted because it's got that twinge on it that causes us to not see um, others' feelings and not to see how that may have impacted another person. And I and I talk about it, share it in the book um, about Chosen Daughters, how I wanted everybody to work as hard as me or wanted everybody. And sometimes we don't even see that people are giving the best that they can give in that moment or what they're doing to support your vision. But you're so in control that you're missing the most critical moments, which is people. Like people matter more than what your agenda or what you're driving. You you know, relationship, the greatest wealth we have is in relationships. It's not money because we all know money will come, it'll go. But if you have wealth in relationships, that's valuable. Yeah, I love that. Wealth and relationships. Okay. Uh, this, you know, you got all the little good quotes and everything. So one of the questions that we got from our audience was, so some women after they graduate from college, they just feel really stuck and confused. And what is some advice you would give? And this is probably actually good because, you know, your daughter is going to college now. But yeah, what is some advice you would give to them if they're feeling passionate about things, but they're still having a hard time kind of finding out what their purpose is and what they should be focused on? Well, you know what? Honestly, I was that person that thought you could plant a seed and, a, and, and it would grow in a in a day. Mm-hmm. And if not, I was going to make it grow. Mm-hmm. I was going to go to the store and buy one already pre, uh, um, pre-sprouted and I was going to make it be more than what it really was. Mm-hmm. I think that many times we're missing our... Um, we're trying to get to the next moment that we're not living in the one we're in. And I think that we all need to just slow down. I think that if you compare, and we we unfortunately have this disadvantage of this thing called social media, where we're comparing ourselves and we're we're wanting to be someone. We're wanting, and we're rejecting God made us to be someone else. And one of the things that I have to say is when you become settled in who God has made you, who he's called you to be, and that there's only one fingerprint like yours, and you realize that it's in those small moments that God makes you in the big moments. Mm -hmm. But most of us try to get away with the small moments to get to the bigger moment, and the bigger moment never comes. It just never shows up because there's a dissatisfaction. And I have to say that I had to learn in my younger years as well as at 40 plus years old, I'm enough. Mm. And like, I'm enough. Like, I'm good. Do anymore. I don't do anything. Many times in my book, Colorful, I talk about being a woman, a wife, and a mother. Mm -hmm. And in my book, Colorful, I really try to help women realize when you get married, you try to build your identity in your husband. When you get to have children, then you try to build your identity in your children. But if you can take full ownership for the woman, those other titles will come and go because your children will leave. You may be married. You may not be married one day. You know, your spouse may die or 
God forbid anything happens, if you've built your identity and who you are in this person or these people and they don't function like you want them to function, then you're, you're, you're left with nothing. And so taking full ownership that I am who I am, this is who God has called me to be and I'm good. Like I, I, I'm okay. And if I don't become an internet influencer, it's good because the people I've been called to reach, I'm reaching them and they're going to find me. So like settling in on some things. So you got to kind of have some self-talk. I'm all about self-talk. Self-talk with yourself and self-talk with Jesus will get you a long way. <laughs> I love that self-talk. Like I'm taking notes as we record. <laughs> so what advice, another advice, what advice would you give to your younger self? Would it be, well, I'll let you answer. What advice would I give to my younger self? Mm-hmm. It's okay to mess up. Mm. You're going to mess up. Don't be afraid to fail. Failing is going to happen and it's okay to fail. Failing is the only way we grow. And many times we try to overlook failing as if it's the worst thing you could have ever done. And forgiving yourself is impossible. And if God can forgive us, why do we struggle with forgiving ourselves? And so I say, take a load off. What are you in a hurry for? Slow down. Take one day at literally a time. I love the scripture that says, take no thought for tomorrow because tomorrow it takes care of itself. And that's, that's kind of like God saying, I got tomorrow. Just let's work on today. And many times we're just so driven that we're missing um, the most critical times of our lives. And if I, if I had to tell my younger self, be young. Mm. <laughs> you trying to be, you know, grown yep. and you don't have a clue that that's going to come. And that's going to come with a large ticket item. Mm. And so um, definitely that's probably something I would definitely tell take the load off, take the pressure off. It is okay. Yeah, that's, I needed that. That is true. We do always seek for more. And it's like you going to get more and more and more, but just enjoying what we have and just living in where we are. And then I also like that you brought up that scripture because uh, I think that's Matthew. But and you also wrote in the book, Matthew six thirty three. I think you just uh, spoke on 34 and 30 says what you should want most is God's kingdom and doing what he wants you to do, then he will give you all these other things you need. And you said, embrace the Matthew 633 lifestyle and let it be your blueprint for life. Do you want to just explain why you put that in there? Because when I read it, I was like, yes, 110%. And it really just makes you change your perspective. So... Um, The 633 lifestyle is one of my life scriptures. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Many times we're seeking everything else but him. And um, I'm working on my uh, fourth book. And and, um, the title right now is Knowing Him, but it could change. But one of the things... um, as I was sitting down, right, starting to write, and I wasn't writing this to become a devotional. Mm-hmm. And then I was, because I was feeling some kind of way. And so I must just be transparent because that's, I, I don't know how to be anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> um, which my transparent mom was like, I'm not writing this for anybody else. This is me and Jesus' time. This is just me and him. This is not about me writing a book. 
And so I began to write and he began to speak. He said, I'm writing on your heart and this is how I use you. So don't think it's you, but this is how I use you. And so he was like, I, he said, I don't need you, but I want you. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't need you, but I want you. Mm-hmm. And so when we seek him for everything, he kind of makes everything all right. Like it takes the pressure off of us feeling responsible. We think we're responsible for our outcome. But when we depend on him, he's responsible for the outcome. Now, when we make decisions on our own, we get what we get. But when we follow him and we trust him for the outcome, his way is just better. Like I've, I've kind of settled in on that and finally figured it out because I'm so stubborn and I'm so driven and I'm so got to have things a certain way and so mm-hmm. meticulous. And he's, and, and I've, I've just learned to take a chill and just like, he got it. And if he don't got it, he really still has it. And that is, um, uh, it takes a lot of discipline for all of us high capacity leaders. You know, when we can do multiple things at one time and we can run five businesses and have children and be married, and you know, we can run the PTA or we can do all of these things. Mm-hmm. We feel very empowered, but what we don't realize is even the smallest detail he wants us to come back and seek him for even the things that we think we can handle because then he's responsible for that outcome. And I'm not responsible anymore. I'm just required to obey and obedience is just better than sacrifice. What does that really mean? It's just better to go ahead and obey than to have to pay the price for disobedience. Right. It's better. And so for me, I like to encourage people to always um, try it, like try with the simple things Mm -hmm. because the big things become a no-brainer. When you can begin to seek him in the little things, the big things just get real easy. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like a huge weight, like, whoo, I don't got to carry this. Thank God, because I was struggling. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. And our last question is happiness truly attainable? Hmm. Happiness is, I don't really believe in it. Um, happiness is a temporal state. Joy is everlasting. And so many times we're trying to pursue happiness. And that's such a temporal state, depending on people and things. Um, I, I build my hope on things eternal. Mm-hmm. So Uh, joy is sustainable because it's not based on my conditions. It's something that God gave me. Mm -hmm. And and the the scripture says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And I feel like that's that every day he gives us another day. So joy is coming because there's going to be another day and another opportunity to try it again, to do it again. So I don't um, encourage people in this, in the state of happiness because I'll be like, that's so temporal. Like, uh, my husband can piss me off tomorrow and we the happiest couple for for today and then he say something wrong. So if I depend on him to make me happy, I might be short. Mm-hmm. If I depend on my children to do everything that I've asked them to do, or I might be short and then my whole world crashes. Mm-hmm. But when I put my hope in something more eternal and I trust God for my outcome, it becomes less about people. It becomes less about, and it becomes something that lives on the inside of me that gives me like, I'm not, I'm not condition based. And many of us love condition based. 
as long as you serving me or is serving you and it's serving me, we're good. The minute I stop serving you, then we no longer have what I believe we have. That is called temporal happiness. Mm-hmm. And I just, I try not to base my journey on that because it's very faulty. Yeah. Yeah. Those temporary feelings. Cause once they go on, it's like, Oh, well I'm out. I don't want nothing to do with this anymore. Yeah. hundred percent. I agree. So I want to say thank you so, so much for meeting with me and for coming on the podcast. So I know you said you have a new book coming out. Just tell us all the things. Where can people find you? What do you have coming down the pipeline? All that good stuff. So awesome. So you can visit me at www.debracanthony.com and you'll find um, all of the books that I have written on that uh, um, and I can be found on Amazon. Um, you can follow me at Deborah C. Anthony on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Um, with love, um, I am a branding strategist. So you can set up a free consultation just if you're trying to figure out what's your brand, what's your brand message. Definitely I'm the person for to help you, assist you with that. But I I just enjoy um, this moment with you just because I was in tears when I got your message. And the reason why is because sometimes you don't know how you make an impact. Um, You just know you're obeying what you're supposed to do. And I take nothing away from my journey. And I have to say that in the book, I try to make it real clear because when you're in search of passion, it'll take you to your truest passion, which is God bless me with five girls. So I have five chosen daughters in my house and one son. So definitely y'all prepared me for what I was going to have to deal with. (laughs) So he equipped me for the journey that I'm on early on. But thank you so much. Thank you. I mean, you saved so many of us. Because I feel like the foundation that we got is just priceless. Like we could never replace it. So thank you so, so much. So we will talk to you next time. Yes. Bye. Bye. Have a good one. You too. So that wraps up our first episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. And if you felt like this episode helped you at all in any way, shape, or form, don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes or Facebook. And if it really, really touched you, definitely share this episode with another family member because it's going to touch them too. And of course, we just want to touch everybody and we just want to get into the spirits of all our family members and friends so that we all can just journal together and journal as a community. So we will talk to y'all next week. Bye. Mm